Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. It is 1866, and you have had enough. Enough of a country divided. Enough of having too little meat on your plate. Enough of too little space in the city. It is 1867, and you have your eyes set west. West lies the frontier. West lies the unknown. West lies your new home. Welcome to the West. Welcome to Missouri Crossing. And welcome everyone to the character creation session for Missouri Crossing. Uh, it will be a Down Darker Trails uh, supplement for 7th edition Call of Cthulhu. And I will be Craig and I'm your keeper of arcane lore for this game. Let me just introduce the players real quick. First off, we have Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hello, guys. Yeah, uh, Chris, as you know, has been uh, from TCBN from the very beginning and has been in practically everything. Day one. Day one. <laughs> Another day one uh, member. We have uh, Joaquin. Hello. And we and lastly, we have uh, Monica. Hi, everyone. All right. We're. I'm looking forward to this. Um, this game is going to be set in basically 1867 as a very far in the past prelude to certain other games we played. One of our games that we played here on TCBN is The Ultimate Evil, which is set in Bismarck, North Dakota. Prior to becoming Bismarck, the area was owned by the natives as much as anyone could own it and was basically uh, filled in by uh, European immigrants as they came through and became eventually Missouri Missouri Crossing, which is a nod to uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition that crossed the Missouri River at that spot and interacted a lot with the local Mandan Indians. So some of the themes that um, we're going to be covering here with this game include themes of like community. We're going to be all playing... Uh, frontiers people who are set out to create a new life and they'll be leaving from the very crowded city of Chicago and will be traveling westward to what they hope is a better life. Another theme we're going to be tackling is lawlessness. Um, At this point in town, at this point in time, Missouri Crossing is a camp town and camp towns were they weren't like uh, full-fledged cities. Um, in fact, at this point in time, immigrants were basically squatting on lands belonging to the indigenous populations, um, hoping that the treaties would change so they could be the first to settle them. So in 1867, Missouri Crossing is a camp town. This one will have a very uh, high murder rate, um, which is probably on par with modern-day metropolitan areas, or like, think L.A. in the 90s. And this is before adding, like, that layer of terrible Lovecraftian horror on top of it. Another theme we want to talk about is 
we're on the edge of society. There's going to be some besides the man versus uh, man and man versus like like supernatural elements. There's going to be man versus nature. It was a really uh, tough life for the settlers there, but it was also a very empty area there. It's going to contrast a lot with a lot of conceptions of like the Western cities, Western genre, because like you see a lot of towns and built up structures. Uh, Missouri crossing in 1867 was mostly tents, sod homes, a few wooden structures. So it's not like the like spaghetti Western that you're used to, but we'll cover that a lot more when we get there. We also have the fear of the unknown being a thing. We don't know what's outside the boundaries of our own walls. There's possibly mythical beasts, monsters in the forest. People are afraid of things that they don't understand, being other races of people or people who don't look or think the way they do, the same way they do. Yeah, that just kind of builds on a lot of the the tensions that they're having. And then you insert like existential horror and Lovecraftian madness into there. And finally, we're going to be talking about like the speed of progress of man, manifest destiny. When we start off this story, there's going to be hardly anyone there. And but depending on the choices of the players and, you know, history as it always does, we'll go from possibly nothing to having like telegraphs, railroads, stagecoaches, depending on the pacing that we decide to have for this game. But there's really not a whole lot there out there now. Next, I want to talk a little bit about tone for this game. I mean, we had a talk before starting it. Um, it's a, it is a western in the genre, but this is not western with an exclamation mark after it. It's not a spaghetti western. We decided to go for a purist over pulp kind of tone for it. So there's not going to be any like uh, repeating carbine rifles onto the battlefield and like fanning hammers and stuff. I mean, you you can. Um, shoot relatively quickly, but we're going for a more purist approach rather than like uh, Gonzo Western. Getting shot hurts, but it's often the infection that kills you. We're going to be using the traditional Call Cthulhu 7 rules rather than Pulp Cthulhu rules, which means that our characters, which we're going to lovingly create um, in the next few minutes, will be very human in the fact that they bleed and die like humans so that should inform your choices going forward as you explore the setting and finally i wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of northern horror this has been something that's been a term we've been tossing around the tcbn uh, break room for a while it's like a a different flavor of um, horror that you typically get Um, a lot of times you the horrors are sequestered to different um, geographic areas and like with Bismarck, North Dakota, having quite the buildup in the Ultimate Evil series, we I, we kind of like that feel of just like emptiness and it's cold and it's shitty and you have to deal with what you have because it's an area with very little uh, technological resources and it's just beginning to be exploited. So real quick, before we get into the actual character construction portion, we're going to have each of our players briefly described in like a few sentences or so, their character concepts. We're going to start actually with Monica. How are you doing, Monica? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not bad. So who will you be playing in this adventure? 
I will be playing a woman of God, Margaret Miller, um, comes as an immigrant from England. Uh, she is about 23 years old, um, has a history of having um, served during the war as a medic and has a bit of trauma around that bit of trauma around blood. As far as her visuals, she's a short woman, about 5'2", um, very slender and pale, almost uh, sickly in her pallor. She has um, short-kept, mousy brown, straight hair, and um, light grayish eyes. All right, we'll get into some more of the nitty-gritty with uh, your characters, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what Margaret will be like throughout this process and how she will change. Next up, we have Quinn. What's going on, Quinn? All right, so my character is going to be Gregory Smith, appropriately named Blacksmith, who has come from, basically, he he's not an immigrant himself. He is, his father was, unfortunately for him, the, uh, the son of a prostitute. So basically, his father has no idea who his father is. So basically, you know, his family history, as far as he knows, starts with his father and ends there. And so now he's basically come out west, coming, trying to, you know, get away from the cities, get away from the, the disease, get away from it all, and try to, you know, make a cleaner, you know, hopefully more uh, successful life for him and his family. And appearance-wise, he's, you know, he's like about... Uh, I guess five eleven. Not he's pretty big for tall for the time period, and also he is, you know, solidly built. You know, all muscles from being a blacksmith, especially at the time, you had to do a lot of you know actually hitting the stuff with the hammer for hours on end. All right, fantastic. Those are actually uh, very common reasons for wanting to travel west, um, and we'll be exploring that in our first session a bit more and throughout our character creation um, session. Uh, finally, we have Chris here. Hey, what's going on? So my character's name is Jorn Hagberg. He was a lawman in Norway before his wife died of tuberculosis, which left him with his 12-year-old son, who I don't have a name yet for. We can come up with a name. And basically, he always grew up kind of uh, reading about like different lands and, and, and different people and always kind of had a curiosity about that, but was never able to explore it because of having gotten married at such a young age when he was like 16 or 17 and so with his wife passing the tuberculosis he felt it was a good chance for him and his son to go and to start afresh especially with the some of the things he saw as a lawman he feels like he needs to reset in his life he's almost scarred like margaret is from the war not to the extent of what she saw in the war but just some things he witnessed you know so he's ready for a fresh start wants to start like a some kind of farm or or a, a, like a, a livestock business or something like that. He's about five. He's about five foot four. He is about 140 pounds, 150 pounds. He's not super big, but he's very ropey and athletic, you know, very lean. Doesn't, you know, doesn't have like really an ounce of fat, not from working out, just from being that naturally inclined that way, built that way. Always, he was an outdoorsman in uh, Norway, so that's why he you know has that kind of physique yeah and it's interesting that a couple of you brought up the american civil war in this it literally ended like two years ago as per the start of the campaign so it's definitely during the reconstruction era of american history and a lot of like geographic and ideological tensions will be another theme that um we'll be dealing with we are very much going to be in 
the north, but different uh, peoples travel west for different reasons, and you'll have a wide variety of people with different views to agree or clash against. So coming up, we have the crunchy bits of character creation, as I like to call them. Call Cthulhu is one of those games where not everyone is going to have the perfect um perfectly balanced or optimal character and there's a lot of this that goes like a lot of a lot of um game systems basically incentivize like system knowledge call cthulhu is not one of them and that's one thing i really like so even though your character might not be as mechanically um good as another at the end of the day, guns still do gun damage. So it like having like a point or two off of the um, average is not going to hurt you as much as to really damage game balance. So with the country bits, we all have uh, our occupations um, picked out, correct? I believe so. <laughs> I so, believe we came out with an agreement on that, right? So um, actually, Chris, were, were you planning on using the like the the lawman template for your skills or were you planning on using like some sort of like farmer template i'll use the lawman because i'm looking almost like he is starting completely afresh you know what i mean okay. so like yeah lawman mm-hmm. and uh joaquin um i think we discussed craftsperson for me i think yeah i think i remember uh, let me check i think i saw a black a smith in there specifically or might have been craftsperson i don't really recall it was either um, Smith, or sorry, it was either craftsperson or like engineer um, or unskilled labor would work. I think it was a craftsperson then. That's probably yeah. what it was. Yeah, because craftsperson, you're you're like the owner of your business. You're like an expert in your one field. So that's yeah. probably the most appropriate one for you. And of course, Monica, we talked about uh, woman of God and your specific um, like faith uh we also discussed was going to be did you say catholic that's correct okay super now let's get to the the actual crunchy bits we're going to roll for our characteristics and place them in our desired order looking at your character sheet um the stats are strength constitution uh power dexterity appearance intelligence education and size both of them are self-explanatory but if you would like a a further explanation let me know in order to get strength con pow dex and app you'll need to roll 3d6 to get to generate a number somewhere between 3 and 18 those four can you guys start rolling them and we'll see what we get a quick question so i did roll earlier but do you want me to just roll again because i know like when we talk about this earlier i did do some rolling in the uh chat do you want me to just roll again are you happy with those or do you want to generate new ones um, let me double check. I think I'm mostly happy with what the ones I did get. Let me know if you. I'll. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think I can track down in the uh, chat. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I. I oh, look sorry. at them. So we roll that four times and assign them to strength, con, dex, and app in whatever order we want to. Uh, five times strength, con, pow, dex, and app. Oh, strength, con, pow, dex, and app. Okay, gotcha. Yes, you'll also be multiplying these results by five, but just having you do it like this for now just so we can right. avoid syntax errors what's pow pow's like magical stuff right pow is a representation of your character's willpower or force of personality a lot of the times it's useful for generating your magic points which being normal characters who don't know anything about magic actually existing yeah. 
a lot of times it's not something you would necessarily know, but if you are thinking about it in World of Darkness, um, your willpower is good for like having a high mental um, spiritual defense. So oh. in the rules, if you loot, if you're, if you drop them to zero magic points, you fall unconscious. So someone could actually mechanically, if they cast like a sleeping spell on you, it will take away from your magic points and put you to sleep. Oh, okay. Cause I'm thinking, okay, thank you. And constitutions, obvious constitution and appearance and decks and strength. Okay. I think I know how I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, size is just a reminder of literally how big you are. Like, you know, the higher the number, it could be you, it could be muscle, it could be fat, whatever. Correct. And it also gives you, it also determines what your health is, I think. Yes. There's some derived stats that we'll get to once we get to the we're just main doing five right now, right? Characteristics just... of, yeah, we're at the five because uh, intelligence, education, and size are generated differently. All right. I've done my five then. Okay. So, what you're going to do is multiply those results, the three to 18 results by five and put them into the appropriate boxes. So you will have somewhere between math being hard for me, like 15 and 90 at the top of your sheet. So the, the rest of your starting characteristics, intelligence, education, and size will be determined by rolling 2d6 and adding six. There are more uh, set values all right, now that we have our basic characteristics um, established, we are going to determine our character's turning age. Now, Chris, how old is Bjorn going to be in 1867? I would say he's probably 28. All right, so that's actually very simple. What you are going to do is check to see if through all of this time, your character got any smarter. So we're going to make an education improvement check. So what I want you to do is roll the uh, D100 percentage and see if you have the chance to get smarter. I rolled the 42. All right. So you rolled the 42. What is your education characteristics at that time? 17. Uh, multiplied by five is? Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. I, all right. Let me go ahead. Give me one second. I believe that's 85. Yeah, 85, yep. So the result is greater than your present EDU, and okay. So apparently you didn't, um, you passed the roll, so you didn't learn anything from your failings um, at this time. So this part is done for you. So if you could real quick uh, mark um, 28 as your starting age. And next we're going to go on to Quinn. How old is uh, Gregory going to be in 1867? I definitely think he'll be a bit older than Bjorn just because he's you know, ha- had enough money to actually you know, pay for it to move his family over. So I think he's going to be like like 37-ish. Okay, so you're a little bit older, but um, it's not so big of a change to that you need to start checking to see other things. So what you're going to do is also roll your education and if you get if you fail your education roll meaning you get higher than the total we'll see if we add any points yeah again i <laughs> sorry I, I did all this earlier for those listening at home so i believe i did get it so right now my education should be uh, should i just list off my characteristics or should we wait till the others uh we'll we'll wait till we figure out all right all right yeah and besides, for all I messed up at some point, we have to just do everything all over again anyway. <laughs> do you remember if you uh, made your role or not? I believe I did. 
Oh, so then nothing changed? Oh, no, no. I think, did I? <laughs> now, no, so if you failed, then you, yes, I think I'd failed that. Yes, then yes. You I fa- failed, so fail. I did learn. Yes. Okay. So do you have like a weird education score? No. I don't okay. think I must have passed it then. So, yeah, um, you probably passed it then. Yeah, so I'll, you know, just fives and zeros so for my stats, yes. Okay, and for editor's sake. So it looks just like Gregory did not improve its education role. So next we have uh, uh, Monica. So how old is Margaret going to be in 1867? Margaret is going to be 23. And so it's the same thing. Um, you want to take your uh, education score and try to fail this roll. So uh, roll a D100. You rolled a 73. What is your score? 60. So you actually failed it. So this means that you have actually learned something in your time here. So what you're going to do is roll a 1d10, please. Nine. So you'll be adding nine points to your total uh, education score. Got it. Awesome. So... If all three of you can just make sure that your ages are annotated on your character sheet. Next, then we'll move on to the next section. So the three of you have generated pretty young, hardy characters so far and haven't had to actually remove points from your stats from getting old and broken. So good on you guys. Next, Yeah, I'm just thinking, my thought was, you know, you don't want to make them too old. Why are you going out west when you're that old? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to die on the trail of dysentery. That is a very good point. The next thing we're going to do is determine our other derived attributes. So your starting sanity points will be equal to your power characteristics. So at this time, can you annotate that? So next, we will figure out your starting hit points. And this will be the average of your constitution and size. So add your con and size scores together and divide the total by 10 and you'll round down. The big numbers, right? Not the uh, initial. The, the big one. numbers, yes. Important thing is the average human hit points is around ten, plus or minus a couple. So if you got a like a crazy high or low number, let me know. So you, did you say round down or round up? Round down. It's so, okay. Call, that's Twelve. Is that okay? That's good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, um, you're a bit hardier than the typical person, which is good for someone moving west. I got fourteen. You're a fucking hardy motherfucker. You're a blacksmith. <laughs> a big boy. Monica's going to be like, three. <laughs> I got a nine. That's perfectly within the human range. You're not so small or not so uh, dainty that uh, you can you can still fire a gun if you need to. But Yeah, watch out, Chris. All right, next we're going to move on to magic points, which is equal to one-fifth of your power score. Is everyone done with this one? Yeah. Yep. All right, now we're going to calculate to see if anyone has a damage bonus. So for this, what you're going to do is add your big numbers, strength and size together, and tell me what the result is. 75. So 75 is actually a minus one damage uh, bonus and a minus one build. So if you could just annotate that, that means you are... What is your character size, by the way? 50. Okay, so your character's on the smaller end so that makes sense so my strength and size together is 130 130 actually gives you a damage bonus so you can have a 1d4 damage bonus you're a big strong guy that makes sense and your build would be plus one all right yeah mine would be uh 145 145 um actually puts you in the same category so 1d4 damage bonus and plus one 
for your build. Where do we track that at? Oh, right there on the bottom. Build and damage bonus. So yep. damage bonus is plus D4 for me. And then one D4. Four, and plus one build. Correct. And finally, for the movement rate to see all which one of you guys is going to be the slow one and left behind when you're getting chased by some abhorrent monster. Uh, let's figure that out. So for this, we are, we're going to have to compare the strength and size scores again. If strength plus size... So if both dex and strength are less than size, you have a movement of seven. All right. If, if I have a seven, then? Okay. If either strength or dex is equal to or greater than size, or if all three are equal, movement is eight. If both strength and dex are each greater than size, your movement is nine. Has everyone figured out which movement rate category they belong in? Yes, I have a movement rate of seven. Um, eight. And I have eight. All right, super. So now I'm that the, we got I'm the slow one, no, you're gonna, you're gonna leave me to the bears and horrible um, things to eat. You're you're a big, strong guy. You're that won't help me. It's not if you can <laughs> outrun the bear. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the revenant. It ain't gonna go good for me. Yeah. So, um, real quick, um, let's get a quick tour of our base characteristics and stats. Let's start with Chris. If you could just. Go down and yep. let me know what your character is starting to shape out as. All right. So I have a 60 of strength, which, like I said, he's kind of been outdoors, man. He has a 75 and dexterity, which is because he's rather quick with the draw. He's rather kind of limber, quick hunting and yeah, all that stuff. He has an intelligence of 75. Like I said, when he was younger, he used to read a lot, wanted to go explore the world, but he got married at a young age. Um, he has a constitution of 55. He has an appearance of 20. He's not really that good looking of a chap, you know. He kind of is kind of a homely looking fella, but he, you know, he doesn't look, I would say maybe he has like, he has blonde hair and he had really bad acne when he was a child. So like, you know, when he was a teenager, so he has a lot of scarring on his cheek and everything like that. But, very pockmarked. Um, pockmarked, yep. He has a 60 of power. He's a very, very resilient person, you know, very determined person. He has a size of 70, which again, I originally said he was like five foot four. I don't know if he still can have a size of 70, be that size or if he has to be bigger or not. I don't know how that up okay we could say he's like 510 maybe like 510 170 180 pounds but he's not like though he's not a like the blacksmith he's not all yoked out muscle on muscle yeah. you know uh keep, he's yeah, like, keep keep in mind that these are uh historical weights not uh yeah where <laughs> modern we're day fat, modern day americans who get fed more than we actually need yeah so like maybe like a 58 i would say maybe five eight yeah five the eight. difference yeah five eight one eight one seventy something like that 180 his education he has an 85 in education he's a very he's pretty educated you know like when even though he got married at a young age he was self he was you know mm -hmm. self-educated himself he has a movement rate of eight he has 12 hit points he's starting off with a sanity a sanity of 60 and he has 12 magical points all right that's a pretty uh, uh well-rounded character since we know that uh, he has a uh, lawman in his past, perhaps he did a lot of the like on the job training and studying in his home country or hometown, but um, before and just got really good on at the criminology of the day. So that's just something to keep in mind and it will inform you as we choose our skills. Joaquin. All right. So for my character, Gregory Smith, for his strength, He's got a 65 in strength, you know, blacksmith so has to work with his arms a lot. Dexterity of 55. Uh, he's, you know, he still can move around and stuff, but he's, you know, not exactly the, the gunslinger like uh, Bjorn probably will be. He's got an intelligence of 45, so he's, he's not, he's a little bit 
he, you know, he t- may take him like a, like a like a couple of seconds, like trying to like you know solve a math problem or something. But he's not an idiot. He's got a constitution of sixty, you know, good good hardy stock, appearance of forty five. So he's definitely he's a bit on the average size. Maybe got a couple of you know bur- like uh, scars here and there, like you know sparks and stuff. Got you know got him in the face. He's got a power of sixty five, which should yeah, so, so uh, he's got you know decent willpower and stuff. You know, he, he had to you know, just make the decision to you know, travel west and leave the cities behind. He's got a size of eighty, so like I said before, he's he's got you know, pretty, he's pretty big. He's, you know, he is like you know he's tall for the time period too. He's he's like you know five ten ish. You know, got like you know he's like two hundred pounds. He's got plenty of muscle on him, maybe even a bit more. Education, actually, I think I didn't make that. So I think my rule that I got a ten on that actually. So that's why it is even. So I did have an education of sixty five. So he is actually he is. Pretty well read for a blacksmith, I guess. I'm gonna say, you know, pretty probably, you know, while he was working and stuff, he would like chit chat with people, it's like, "Hey, what's going on? You know, gotta you know, hit this thing for four hours and talk to me and entertain me, get keep me keep my mind occupied for something." Yeah, and um, like the disparity between your education and your intelligence. Maybe he's not a naturally smart guy, but he's had a lot of training. You're probably a at least a journeyman or master blacksmith at this point. So depending on where you allocate your skill points, it, you you might just have like a lot of domain knowledge if it wasn't formal schooling. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he, he knows his craft. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Yeah. So he's got a move rate of seven, fourteen hit points. Not that well, not that will help him that much. He got 65 for sanity, and he has 13 magic points. All right, fantastic. And Monica, tell me about Margaret. Margaret is at a strength of 25, dexterity 55, intelligence of 80. Um, it's got to know the good book. Um, constitution is 45. Appearance is 40. Um, like I said, because uh, she's on the on the thinner side and she's very pale, her paleness often kind of comes off as a bit of a squalor. Power is at 60. Size is a mighty mouse 50. Education is 69. Her movement rate is eight. Hit points are at nine. Sanity is at 60. And magic points at 12. All right. We have identified uh, the smallest person of the group, it seems. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. Big things come in small packages. And it's not like like World of the Darkness where you need to have like true faith merits in order to activate things. But being uh, book learned is actually has um, its own value, especially out in the West. All right. Next part um, comes the skill points. So what we're going to do is figure out what those are so we're going to determine our occupational skills first and then we're going to determine our personal skill points the occupational skill points will be basically the determined by your starting occupation if you would look at your character sheet and we will if you could indicate on your character sheet which of these skills um our occupational skills, maybe by putting like a little check mark or a dash by them or underlining them. We'll start with uh, Chris's character. Your occupational skills, Chris, will be fighting brawl, firearms, any of them, law, either intimidate or persuade, you, you choose, psychology, ride, spot hidden, and track. Good to go. All right. So to determine how many occupational skill points you will get you either do your education times two and add that to strength times two or dex times two so whatever one is higher for the strength or dex 
Okay, so, to, so you say education times two and... Added to either strength or dex times two. And then I can apply, I can spend the points in my occupational points or in any of them. It'll be in your occupation for this po- um, point total. Okay. So let's just um, figure out how many points you have to work with first. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Let yeah. me go ahead and go ahead and do that real quick. 320. 320. So if you look at your character sheets, you, you have 320 points to spend now between those uh, or among the skills that we just identified for okay. your character. So looking at the character sheet, you see that there's like a base value. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is spend uh, points from those totals to add it. Don't go above 75 in any of these totals at this point. So for instance, if if you're going to take your if you want to put points into fighting brawl, you say you want to spend 10 points in that, it'll become 35 and then subtract okay. that from the total. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to go so ahead. So you get you get working on that and we'll move on to Joaquin. All right. So for my it's, it's the uh craftsperson uh template mm-hmm. which I have the sheet so it should be education times 2 plus dex times 2. That sounds right. Yep, that's right. All right. And so yeah, the skills are accounting, art, any any art and craft, I'm which would probably be, yeah, or metallurgy, drive, which is a wagon, mechanical repair, persuade, and then I could pick any three extras. Correct. All right. You've already identified your occupational skills and have spent those. So next, we'll move on to Monica. Before All right, you Monica. start, I have a quick question. Yes. Um, looking at the character sheet, you're when you're telling. Chris to um, apply the points above, you know, the baseline number. Mm-hmm. I'm having a blonde moment, but like when I look at these, it, it'll say like, for example, listen, 20%, there's no actual value on the character sheet. Mm-hmm. So uh, 20% is your base listen chance. That's what every starting investigator has before adding any skill points to it. Oh, okay. So like I, we're going based off percentages and nothing can be above 75, correct? Correct. So for instance, if you wanted to add 10 points to listen, <laughs> you would subtract it from your skill point total and then add it to your base. Got it. All right. Go on with my package, please. All right. Man or woman of God, your skill points will be determined by your education times two plus your appearance times two. Or appeal in this version. Okay, so I have two eighteen. What are what are the ones that are actually your pertinent to mine? Yep, your occupation skills will be history, library use, listen, occult, other language, one interpersonal skill as is so either charm, fast talk, intimidate, or persuade. So you pick one of those. Psychology and any other one skill. So you guys can get going uh, spending your points in those. Because what what what's going to happen then? Like once we have our occupational skill points, we'll we'll then figure out our personal skill points, which can go anywhere. Yeah. There's also a skill called credit rating, which you can be which you can spend points on, and each of your occupations has suggested ranges for this. Now, credit rating is mostly how wealthy and well-to-do you are perceived to be. And since you're frontiers people, it's not necessarily the like most important skill, but it also determines like starting money and assets that you'll have. So for the farmer, your credit rating will be between nine and 50, 
let me let me uh, change that because we're using Lawman. Lawman will have a credit rating of somewhere between 20, 20 and 70. We have for a craftsperson between 10 and 70 and for our woman of God between nine and 60. Do I have to spend points on that? You're saying, or can I correct with, with these points that we just figured out right now? You're saying, um, you can, you can use either, uh, occupational or personal skill points. All right. I'll wait till personal. Till we yeah. Get there to yeah. I haven't done personal either. I've only done occupational. It's also pertinent to say that no one can start with Cthulhu mythos, um, skill. I've already seen it all. I have seen Azazoth himself. If historical APs with a supernatural flair are your jam, then The Ultimate Evil is just right for you. With inspiration pulled from the Satanic Panic, The Ultimate Evil takes place in the 80s as four young men reunite to discover the mysteries that surround their childhood mentor's death. 